Happy holidays, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Coffee Shop Sports. I'm Zach. I'm here with Kevin in the coffee shop cooking up some new takes, some holiday favorites, and just some other miscellaneous sports news before heading out into the holidays. How are you doing this morning, Kevin? I'm doing wonderful, man. Um, Happy holidays to the listeners, to you, good sir. Um, We made it. I am repping my fantasy footballers champ mug as hopefully an omen of what's to come for me uh, the rest of the fantasy season. Three of four money leagues made the playoffs, so that's something to celebrate. I'm in a similar boat. I think uh, I missed my main home league, which was just a killer. Tough pill. Um, I, I was the f- the seventh seed, so six went in. I got seven lost by points because I had a real rough start of the year. Um would have needed a perfect tie to be able to to mm. fall into the playoffs somehow, which is just not going to happen. Was it close? Um, no, not really. Yeah. It was like a ten point differential. That's, that's um, like you know, it's kind of close. It wasn't. It wasn't terrible. It was yeah. close for a while. I was looking at it and it was like eighty eight to eighty nine, and I was like, "You were so happy. You were so- <laughs> we could do this. We, we could be in here." Yeah, and, uh, I beat the second seed to like get my win so i had a good like nice statement win yeah it was like a it was like i could have done this resume builder dude you know what really pissed me off i am in a league with the guys from legit football and i'm playing one of the ceos this week like one of the founders of the company first of all that's tough in and of itself i made it to the playoffs i scrapped and clawed um as you know i had made some last minute trades just to secure my my spot not fun not fun to part with draft i have like three draft picks next year but it is what it is and i'm like oh i have a better team than this guy i'm gonna win and first round of the playoffs this guy's banged up right he's missing joe burrow he's missing jonathan taylor he trades joe burrow jonathan taylor this that and the other for like jalen hurts and like you know other pieces and i was projected to win by seven now i'm projected to lose by 12 after he made this trade i mean i guess that's the double-edged sword i mean you you made the trades to get in, and now you're bringing in someone that made the trades to <laughs> to win. To win. <laughs> yeah, he had yeah. the security and the comfort. I didn't have that, and now, and now I'm I'm facing the reaper. So you know, I still twelve points is nothing crazy, and, and projections are are dog water anyway. So we'll see what happens, but it's gonna be sweaty we for have, sure. We usually have a uh, a week fourteen trade deck leagues. Um, almost now, I I don't. <laughs> I don't hate having no trade deadline in Dynasty. I get it. I understand like the point. Yeah. But I don't like like four teams in the playoffs just being like, all right, let me trade for just everybody I can to try and yeah. get the win. I get that that's like the going all in. But I think I like the idea of you need to go all in before you know you're in the championship. Like you need yeah. to go all in the week before playoffs being like, all right, I'm making right. that decision. Yeah. And then if your chips fall, your chips fall. Yeah. If you don't, I like that. I got to evaluate the settings of my, of my leagues because I do think dynasty should have no trade deadline. I agree with you there. That, that, that feels unfair to the teams that are out of it, that they can't, you know, recoup assets. I think dynasty should have a trade deadline. And then you, oh, but you have leagues where you don't though. 
you're saying i have i have one league where i don't right now and you and don't, I don't prefer like that. that okay I, my preferred setting and i do this for my dynasty leagues it's not i don't think it's an official setting in sleeper but i, I monitor it is playoff teams cannot trade while mm. they're in the playoffs if you're knocked out you can trade amongst other teams you know stay engaged keep that going but until you're knocked out past week 14 no trade dead, like no trading you can't just go to the worst team and just be like give me all your players for my draft picks two weeks before the championship i don't like that i feel like that defeats the purpose of like you built this team over the season you need to roll with that you can't just have a new team because you know you skirted your way in the championship i don't right. like that they don't do it in the pros some of some of the best rules in fantasy i think emulate the way they do it in the pros um, and they don't do that in the pros. So how are you? Let, let's put a bow on this fantasy discussion because there'll be plenty of fantasy to talk about. How do you feel about um, divisions in fantasy football? Yes, no, maybe so. I don't have any currently. I'm not in any leagues with divisions. We used to do divisions for my main league. I'm kind of mixed. Yeah. I passively, I, I'll say I passively like them. And I'm thinking about implementing them in my leagues because I think it makes for like fun rivalries. Yeah, I like the idea of the rivalries. Um, the only thing I didn't love about it was like the playoff implications for it. Yeah, it was like, exactly. I don't love that like you could just, it's the same thing I don't like about the NFL. Like the Falcons shouldn't be in the playoff. I, hate, teams I don't kidding. like that. Yeah. So if I could do divisions just for the scheduling aspect and have like divisions where you have like rivals, that's cool with me. Um, I think that works better when you have 16 team leagues, when you can have four divisions of four. Um, but those leagues are hella deep and like fucking hard to play in. Um, yeah. I love so 16 three team leagues. Three divisions of four is fun too, but I don't love the playoff implications of it. I do like the like culture it creates. So maybe I'll toy with it a time yeah, or two. We got to evaluate. Um, look at us. Look at us. Self-reflecting. <laughs> well, we got the holiday season come around the corner. We're not it's here. I think it's fully show. fledged here. It's, it's here. Yeah. 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 We're, we're, I'd say it's almost in full swing. Yeah, I would agree with that. Last almost week. Peaked. So, you know, I feel like that's like the big sign for me. As soon as like first day of Hanukkah comes around. Start lighting those menorahs. Like, yeah. You yeah. know, like that's that's the time that I'm like, yeah. all right, that means we're in full swing. Because that means Christmas is around the bend. We're, everybody's going home. Um, yeah. And we did a little bit. Of, we did a little bit of holiday action on our last podcast, but we're gonna we're gonna double dip here a little bit. Get Hi, just Bo. Like a, nice a little Christmas bit of a little holiday action before we hop into the full pod. We'll keep this short. Keep this fresh. A little couple minutes. Um, mm-hmm. We're gonna go favorite Christmas movie and favorite Christmas song for each of us. I'll let you take the floor. Start off though. Yeah, man. Appreciate you giving me the floor. And um, it was a no brainer before I rewatched this movie um, with Theo and Roxanne a couple nights ago. But it's a slam dunk now, and it's not even close. I think Elf is the the Christmas movie. Um, it is the best holiday movie. Um, it just reminds me of like home and like being a kid and like discovering the magic of Christmas, um, and also discovering the magic of Christmas in the refined sense of like it isn't what you always think it's gonna be, but it still can be really special. And I think that's kind of what Elf sort of that's sort of the story that Elf tells the the web it weaves. It's so funny. Will Ferrell is one of the greatest comedic actors of all time um there's a it's a stacked cast there's elite jokes and bits in it um yeah elf to me is and and you know obviously if i'm saying favorite movie that qualifies as a christmas movie 
die hard 10 times out of 10. But if I'm saying favorite Christmas movie, like movie that I have to watch around Christmas time, that is a Christmas movie. Like it's elf and it's not, it's a no brainer. I do love elf. I'm not a, not going to come out and hate or anything. Love I that. I think it, it doesn't land in my number one spot. I never loved it as much as everybody else. I think like, I wasn't like, this is the clear cut goat of Christmas movies. Uh, but it's great and it's a classic and it's the first one we watched this year when we were setting up our tree nice because it is such a classic it's like what are we putting on elf this is the this year is the 20th anniversary of it as well um didn't even know that right crazy which is funny because my number one pick it's also the 20th anniversary of that movie um i know what it is that um yeah but you know what i was gonna bring up we watched the holdovers the other day which is a new movie that just came out um, with Paul oh, Giamatti. His, yeah, Paul Giamatti. Love him. Um, and it's technically a Chris, Christmas movie. You know, yeah. like they're they're over like Christmas break. Really, really good. Good movie. Like very, very good movie. Yeah, I've heard wonderful things about it. it I, I thought the trailer looked awful, and then everybody yeah, it's says it's really good. Everybody says yeah. it's brilliant. So I it's might like have to check my emotional. Yeah, very, yeah. very good movie. I'm, I'll watch it for sure. I, I'll watch it. Paul Giamatti's just such a goat man he's so he's good, so good. In it. He's and so good. apparently we were talking about this afterwards he doesn't actually have a lazy eye like in real life like I, like everybody was like oh maybe he like got a lazy eye and like they still just like casted him in the part no the man somehow acted himself into a lazy eye like and and people are interviewing <laughs> after and they're like how did you how did you do it and he won't tell anybody he's just like ah trade secret sorry can't tell you Oh my and god. And so like he just straight up acted himself into a lazy eye for this entire movie. And somewhere in the world for me. there's a lazy eyed actor who's just so pissed that they didn't get that role. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, no, my favorite Christmas movie is Love Actually. Oh um, wow. Oh wow, that's a little curveball. I did not think that's I that's a great movie. That's a great I, movie. I love it. I, I love rom coms myself, and that's such a good one star-studded cast you know um i love the like it's almost like the the mix of like you know you get like storylines that all converge i love movies like that and yeah. then you get this one in like a more light-hearted christmas sense it's obviously iconic from the like kira knightley scene yeah like you were holding up the signs and all yeah. that jazz yeah. not my favorite scene in the movie but i do really really love it and i look forward to watching that every single year and it's the 20th anniversary. That's my favorite one, I think. Pretty handsome. You down. just definitely scored big points with Mama Fox. Uh, she loves Love Actually. I've um, watched it a lot. Um, it's great. I will say I love Hugh Grant. He's awesome. And also, we both gave shout-outs to Alan Rickman films. So shout-out to Alan Rickman. He's one of the goats. Rest in paradise. Is Alan Rickman an elf? Oh, um, I was talking about Die Hard. I threw some love to Die oh, Hard. I was like, yeah. am I tripping right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't yeah, remember the right. scene when Hans Gruber comes in and seizes the North Pole? You don't remember that? And I've then only seen Will Ferrell. Die Hard one time in my entire life. and I was We like, have to fix that. I was like 19, maybe. We have to fix 20. that. Yeah, as a podcast, we have to fix that. It was good. It was good. I didn't, I didn't have no, no issues. You'll, yeah. you'll see. You'll see. We'll fix that. Well, we got one more Christmas song before we move on to the real content. So... Very similar to my um, diehard pick. I have like one or to, to my, you know, my two pack of picks. I have one that's like my like go to Christmas classic. If I want to be in the Christmas spirit more than anything else, I'll go to the Andy Williams two pack of the 
happy holidays and it's the most wonderful time of the year. Um, Andy Williams has the Christmas voice um, and happy holidays. And he two packs it with the holiday season, right? He does that the holiday season. And then he throws in the happy holidays, like switch up like beat switch almost like, come on dog. Ain't nobody. Yeah. Ain't nobody asked for the beat switch in the the Christmas banger, but he he gives it to us. So, um, and then that's like my like quintessential, like, like you talked about on, on the, on the, your favorite part of the holiday season, the, the aesthetic, if I'm going Christmas vibe, like that's the one, but, um, I'm a sucker for alternative, like specifically, like I, I really love the Beatles. So McCartney's simply having a wonderful Christmas time just gets me, man. And it's weird because I don't think it's, I don't think it's as acclaimed or like as um, va- vaunted, I guess, as the other ones, like as, as people would, would think of like, you know, the Andy Williams ones or like the ones that you hear on the Christmas radio or whatever, but simply having a wonderful Christmas time just to me is just a banger. I love that song. No, that is a good one. There, there are definitely Christmas songs I don't like, and that's not one of them. So can can stand back there happy to hear that um i don't think you can have a best christmas song conversation without bringing up mariah carey no because all i want for christmas is you is just a banger like it's so it's one of those songs that like every year it's like the first song you hear and i can't i know some people are mad about it and i can't be mad about it because it comes on and i'm like big mad love this song like it plays on and i'm like nothing gets me more christmas amped than all i want for christmas is you because it's got like the tempo it's got like the iconicness it's 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 own unique song it's not like a cover of anything yep um so i think that's probably like one for me yeah but it it gets a little muddied Um, yeah i was gonna say i need an honorable mention at least because i that's kind of like the chalk pick i think it's just hard man it's so no it's great Dude, sometimes yo, um, you ever hear the saying, "Cliches are cliche for a reason." Yeah, yeah, no, it's like that. It's like sometimes, some, sometimes, sometimes the hits people, are the best. Everybody loves something because yeah. it's actually just that yep. good. It does happen. Um, I think my honorable mentions is going to be "Baby, It's Cold Outside." Okay, with Ella Fitzgerald. Yeah, um, I do. I love the um, Elf version of it. Watching, seeing Elf, and like hearing Will Ferrell and uh, Zoe Deschanel sing that, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is great." Yeah. It's a classic song, and I yeah. I love that one. Anytime yeah. that's a good, great duet. Yeah, um, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. The Michael that's Bay a good one version because he's Christmas king. Like yeah, Mariah Carey's Christmas queen. Michael Bublé is the king of Christmas music. Yeah, I think I'll give I'll give Bublé yeah. I'll give yeah, I was gonna say William I'll give him modern king because yeah. Andy Williams like and Bing Crosby yeah, like sure. they held it down. But who who we grew up with, I right. think it's Bublé. Yeah, hundred percent. And then very, very final honorable mention is Last Christmas by Wham. Mm. Because Need to show love to that song. Good one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a love. great one. I think we've I think we've put a bow on it, man. I think we're ready to haze in the what barn. Are your, what are your plans for Christmas this year? I don't know if we've talked about it. So um I'm so blessed to be able to attend and shoot content for this podcast at the December twenty third Buffalo Bills. LA Chargers game in LA. Um, and then the Bills one week after, because you guys know I'm a diehard Bills fan. Like um, the week after, I'll be attending uh, Bills Patriots in New York. So the Bills playoff push will be uh, right in front of my very eyes. And, um, you know, I would say that I'm ready to be hurt again, but something tells me, Zach, that 
Bailey Zappi and Easton Stick aren't gonna aren't gonna be hurting me too bad. I don't know. I, I don't want to be too confident, but I have a feeling. Yeah, the, the the hardest part is like you're like, oh yeah, Easton Stick is not gonna beat, and then you look and you're like, oh, it's the Raiders. Fuck, like he could easily beat the Raiders. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, you guys will have a tough run of it. It also doesn't help you very much that the char not the Chargers the uh, the Chiefs have just such an easy easy schedule to end the year and sort of the Broncos and the Texans the Broncos, have a pretty light schedule. Yeah. So it's like it's going to be a race. Yeah. It is, and you know it's so weird. I never even thought like you know I was I wasn't packed in. I would never pack it in. I'm not that kind of fan. But I wasn't as concerned about making the playoffs i was kind of like okay we might need to pack it in ready to for sure yeah i had to pack it in. i had my stuff i was holding my um my stuff and i was just scoreboard watching but i'm back i'm fully in my seat i'm parked um i got my seatbelt down whatever we're good to tell you the truth zach the division is still in play because of miami schedule um buffalo is two games back on the like from a record standpoint but they play miami in week 18 and Miami plays the Jets, the Ravens, the Cowboys, and us. So, and meanwhile, we play Easton Stick and Bailey Zappi. So I kind of feel like there's a little bit of a chance that Week 18 could be for the division. Like yeah, a good chance, there actually. There definitely is a, a good chance that that comes down to that. Yeah. Um, the Dolphins would have to eke out a couple of wins. Or the Bills, this game against the Cowboys this week, I think is going to be a really big game for the bills because if they do win that i feel like their chances go up like a ton. astronomical yeah if they win that game the playoffs should be an expectation not a bonus um if they lose they will be can they'll continue they'll be continuing that same uphill like playoff winner go home mentality you know for the final three games of the season so it would be nice to have that cushion it really would um but unfortunately i hate to like do this like to compartmentalize in this extreme of a sense but if you're gonna drop any of your last four it's got to be to the nfc opponent their conference record has been dog water all season the one more conference loss for the bills and it's feels almost like a sayonara i mean they might be able to afford to lose week 18 to the dolphins but other than that they they, they need to they need to win at least three of those four games somehow yeah coming on to chargers patriots patriots is the really the one I'd be most concerned about yeah. looking forward, I think. Just Ian, they're so volatile as a team. Yeah. Like the defense is so good that it's like if they stumble into offensive success, like they can be like they people. did against Pittsburgh. Right. Like, like if, they if did against us happens earlier in the year. It it's over. Like not it's not yeah. over. But it's like it's a game. Like they yeah. can be a, a like if they offense can click for ninety minutes, yeah. they are they can beat almost anybody in the NFL. So Zach, people forget, man, that football is a 60 minute sport that is played between two groups of 53 people. Yeah, Did I say 90 minutes? Oh no. I mean, I mean, no, it's a 60, you did say 90 minutes, but it's a, it's a 60 minute game played by, that's funny. Cause I said people forget, but I mean it literally like it, any given Sunday, it's a real, real thing. And, and I think the chargers and the Patriots both represent that sort of an, any given Sunday type threat. To the bills so i i hey live long and prosper um what's the hunger games keep calm carry on i don't know, it's, it's I don't that know the, that's hunger games i think that was the that's england you, you're muted i think the hunger games was keep calm and stay alive 
I think that oh, was the because I was like, I was like, stay calm. I think it was like that chive meme that was blowing up. Oh my god, yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if that's from anything else. <laughs> yeah, they just <laughs> well, before we get into our daily special, I do want to talk about the National Blowout Association for a oh second. no, please um, spare me. I can't, I can't spare you because you single handedly, not your fault, not your fault. Um. I'm I'm into the NBA more than I was previous years. I was a big. I will NBA take I will take for credit for that. Give, yeah, say say it's a mix. Actually, there's three. I'd say there's three or four reasons I've been watching NBA more this year. You, thank you. Sports betting, yes, is probably easily two. Yeah, you know, um, three. Both the Nuggets and the Celtics are really good. Yeah, and I don't want to miss out on the fun on that. Hold on, there's a police outside my house. Mm-hmm. They're coming for you. There's a lot of police outside my house. Prayers up. <laughs> you hear this? I do actually. It's, it's like not bad. Six or seven. No, there's more. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> moving forward. Um, and then I think number four would just be that I'm working from home and I can throw the nice. games on while I'm working. Yeah, that's from a home. nice bonus. That's a nice yeah, bonus. Yeah, that helps for sure. Um, but. What I've noticed more than anything was the difference about that is like what you talked about with the NFL, where it's like any given Sunday, like the talent gap is so small between teams that it's like, you know, the worst team can beat the best team. The NBA is not like that. <laughs> Very it's much just, not. It's not like that, man. No. Like you, you have a team that's like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, the Nuggets are one of the best teams in the league. And they're going up against the Pistons. Like they're an NBA team. They could they could win. No, they can't. They can't. They, they actually it's not going to happen. Can't. Yeah. You usually only get two to three quarters of basketball. You saw that last night at the Clippers Kings <sighs> game. Sucks, man. It's such a bummer. At halftime. Yeah. And it's like, what? Why? Like, what is? What's the cause behind the? Like, why are there so many more blowouts? I don't remember basketball being just. Hey, there's two to three games a week that are 30 point blowouts where you're not watching a full game of basketball. Yeah, it sucks so bad. I think a lot of it, I think there's a couple huge factors. I think the big pillar factor is that there are five starters and really four rotation players. So the talent gap between the good and the bad is, I guess, smaller than in terms of like there's a 53rd guy on an NFL team, not a, not a, you know, 53rd to first is bigger than ninth to first, right? So that sort of is like goes works in the other way. But that also means that the five best players play the majority of the game and they control so much more of how the game shakes out. In the NFL, if you have a Garrett Wilson, who's, you know, maybe a top seven talent at the wide receiver position, he plays one out of 11 who is being defended by 11 guys. And they, they, they have so much more to overcome. The the really great players in the NFL have so much more to overcome than the great players in the NBA because if you just get the ball in one of the really great players' hands, what makes them great is that they can do stuff with the ball in their hands and they don't really need anything else to go right other than clear me a path and let me score. So I think that's the biggest thing is that it's more individual control over the sport. So if you have five individual, that's why super teams are so prominent. I think because if you have five guys who all can individually dominate, then they can all individually dominate their one-on-one matchups. And if one of them's having an off night, then swing it to somebody else. And if they're all on good luck, we saw that with golden state and Cleveland for a couple of years, LeBron James, 
being, you know, one of the great, having some of the greatest individual performances we've ever seen. Same with Steph Curry on the other side. That's like my, like conceptually, I think is the answer. And then, you know, this is the answer that I hate and I don't want to give, but I think a lot of it also has to do with load management and asset management. Unfortunately, I did attend a Kings and Clippers game last night and I did not see De'Aaron Fox for the last 19 minutes of on-court action. And I think that that had to do with the fact that the Kings were down 22 win. and they and were it like, it makes sense though. It, it makes sense, but it also, you can't have a 24 point comeback if you don't have Fox out there. You know what I mean? So I do get yeah. the logic of it. Like I do get it, but it's like kind of depressing as a fan who, you know, pays good money to see a, a game and then sees really 32 minutes of a game. And then one team decides that they're, waving the white flag like i told you in pre-show when they brought out chris duarte and uh you know uh, i'm trying to think of who there, there were some other gems on the king's bench that i was like oh I, I remember that guy like you know he's been kicking around but i think those are the big reasons do you have any um theories or counter theories to, to that i do i do actually i think more than anything else it's the reliance on three-point shooting in the nba mm, and that's definitely innate- some involved too Right, I think it's the innate variance of three-point swings. So previous NBA history, you know, like a run of three two-point shots and maybe like one three, you know, like you go on that sort of run, that's nine points right off the bat, right? That's nine points there off of four baskets. But in the modern NBA, where three-point variance and shooting variance is so much higher, if one team goes on a a six-plus basket run, that leads to 18 point variance rather than maybe like a 12 point variance. So yeah. if you have one team shooting, and we saw that with the in season tournament with the Knicks and the Bucks, the game that I we were watching. was hoping you wouldn't bring that up, but you're so <laughs> right. I have to because yeah. it's two very, very good teams in the NBA. And the reliance on three point shooting, you saw the Bucks go up just so quickly after yeah. halftime. Where it was and, like, so, and stifling too. Yeah, because if you can't shoot threes, if you are sitting there on a team that has a three-point variance, the the point swing you can have is crazy. So let me yeah. let me pull up a stat that I found from the Athletic. Is in twenty twenty two, there are a percentage of games with a ten plus point three-point variance. So it's like the the percentage of games that had ten or more points like over their competitor because of threes. So let's say one team ended with 120 points. The other team ended with a hundred. Um, if more than 10 of those points were a three point differential accounts in this statistic mm. in 2013, less than 10% of games had a 10 plus point three point variance. Wow. So a normal amount yeah. in 2022, that number skyrocketed to 33% of games. So a third of games had a 10 plus point three point variance between teams. And I think that's just going to lead to blowouts. And it's a, it's crazy. That that would theoretically, that that stat would theoretically mean that that team made four more three pointers than the other team, right? It would have to mean that, right? At least. Yeah. Yeah. At least four more three pointers. Because that equals 12 points. Okay. That's, and I feel like I'm surprised it's only 33% low key. I feel like that, Team, oh, but that that stat only includes blowouts, right? Or or games where the teams won by ten or more? Because I f- no, I f- just ten point variance. So they could okay. they could theoretically win by four points. Okay, but if they've 
scored 10 plus more threes than I the see, other team that's yeah. in there wow um, it's just kind of like the shooting luck you know and and the athletic article on it goes into it where it's like if you're shooting hot in modern day nba you're probably gonna blow someone out yeah you're kind of on beat did you ever hear the um phrase in sports it's not your night yeah i yeah. feel like that's a big thing within the nba it's like like it felt like that last night with the kings like you you're right it the, the the Clippers stormed out to the lead because they were hitting threes. PG was stroking, Kawhi was stroking, Norman Powell, Trey Mann. When Trey Mann's having a good night, you know you're you're toast. Yeah, yeah. I love Trey Mann. No, he's great. He's a great, great, great role player. But the Kings weren't really responding. Their shooters were cold, ice cold. Like Fox went ice cold, and and when we saw that happen, it was kind of like you're right. The the punch, the 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 knockout punch of of a three-point run, if you don't have a counterpunch, you can't come back and win that game. You can't you can't nickel and dime. You can't small ball your way back in the game. Unless you rely on fouls, which right. I think we also see. You know, like we yeah, see it it's like, happen. okay, this team's shooting hella threes. Well, we're going to keep getting a bunch of two-plus-one baskets, you know, like fouled layups. And that's really the only way without three-ball shooting Um I think my prediction is like in the NBA moving forward, I think we're going to start to see more big men shooting, like mm-hmm. a lot like Wemba Mamiyama, who yeah. can come in and shoot. And like you've seen Chet can shoot threes and yeah. even like Alper and Shengun for yeah. the Rockets. Like he shoots threes. KP, KP. Julius. Um, and it's like, I think you're going to start to see a lot of talent coming into the NBA that have a bit more range of three-point shooting, which might help the blowout potential, or it might yeah. make it worse, you know? Because, again, it comes down to if you're, like, if you're hitting that night, you have another guy on the field who can shoot threes. If your whole team is hitting, it's almost even more blowout potential. But yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see the M- evolution of the NBA. Um, but I think yeah, we can I'm move on to our daily to special. Because I get think it. we got our... We got our little NBA complaints in here. We'll go into the refs another day because that's the other, like, as I've watched more NBA, I've noticed how horrible the refing is. Um, The NBA and the NFL have huge officiating problems, for sure. I agree with you, and I think it's not even close to who's worse. Like, I I do think the NFL has officiating problems from time to time. Yeah. And I think if I was, like... It's like being like, oh, yeah, like I have a thorn in my foot and it's kind of annoying. And then you go to the NBA and it's like, I don't have feet. I'm in a wheelchair. <laughs> like these refs are horrendous. It's it's bad either way. But I, I do I do get what you're saying. I do agree with you heavily. But we'll, we'll, we'll get you down that rabbit hole another day. Yeah, we'll do um, a whole refing podcast. We'll do an expose. A whole ref podcast. We'll, still, and we'll be the JJ Shop show. Yeah. Um, for just one day. Yep. Um, okay. Daily special today. We do this for Thanksgiving. We're going to do it for Christmas. It's going to be fantasy football players as winter treats, holiday favorites, you know, little foodie act is food, right? We're going food. Foodie. I think beverage. you can go more like, yeah, I think you can go yeah, if you feel like beverage. going vague, you can, but I, I think, yeah, food and beverage is the, the main, the main focus of this. I think we're each going to pick three players. Three players feels like the right cadence. Definitely. Okay. I like that. Well, then why don't you kick us off? I mean, you've been kicking us off for the show today. so yeah, I'm happy to, man. And I got one that's honestly kind of like too easy of a layup. And I think that you will probably agree with me. Um, 
but I am not afraid to dive in headfirst with this love affair that I have with Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen. This man, Zach, is hot chocolate because he does not miss. He's that treat that keeps you warm and fuzzy at night. You can get him with little marshmallows. You can get him with a peppermint. You can get him with some espresso. You can get him dirty. But, Zach, do you know how many games Josh Allen wasn't a QB1 for this year? I'm going to say three. That's exactly right. Do you know how many games he was lower than QB15? Is it also three? It's just one. One, okay. One game, and it was week one. Josh Allen has finished as QB7, QB8, QB1, QB2, QB13, QB4, QB2, QB4, QB15, QB5, QB1, QB9. He is hot chocolate. I personally would probably say he's hot chocolate with some peppermint and some espresso. Give me a peppermint mocha, Josh Allen. But Josh Allen is the pinnacle winter treat, the 1A, the 101. He's the he's the best player in fantasy football, and I don't think it's particularly close. I disagree on that part, but I love the hot chocolate comparison because Thank he's you. steady. He's steady. great. And you feel it when you have him on your team in the quarterback position. Um the rushing upside that he, he hasn't been running as much this year, but yeah. the rushing touchdown upside Ten is I rushing think, the other part, you know, that's insane. He's, insane. he just is a buoy to your team. Yep. Um, he has those boom games, yep. but he also, like you mentioned, it's just, he's never going to bust really. And if he does, it's like, you forgive him. You're like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I got my one game of the season of like, yeah. we got it out of the way early damn. this year. Yeah, no, that is great. Getting <laughs> out of the way. Um, the number one seed team in my league has Josh Allen on his team, and it's nice. It's it's like no coincidence. It's hard to have a bad team when you're when you're helmed by Josh Allen. Um, yeah. Especially, I think he didn't even draft him. I think he traded for him later, so he got the like early capital and then got Josh Allen via trade. And it's like that's the <sighs> that's best crazy. of both worlds. You don't spend up on a quarterback in the draft, and yeah. you still get the guy. Nah, um, that's insane. But I will disagree with you on the best player in fantasy football because I, my I know who, yeah. the Christmas the Christmas ham or turkey will go in, the, in between there. You know, your big family dish in the middle of the table that is, is big enough to feed everybody in there is Christian McCaffrey, bro. Christian McCaffrey is he is the one in yep. fantasy football because he is just the best player in fantasy football. Having him on your team is unfair. He has been hurt at some times throughout the season and just not missed like it it doesn't matter he's playing through it he went 16 straight games with the touchdown i believe heading into last year which is just just nuts to get like that's what wins fantasy football games if you are getting touchdowns like you yes you can have great games with yards and we see that all the time but if you're getting touchdowns you're you're winning your week and he has had touchdowns in all but, can you guess how many games this year? Christian one. McCaffrey has not one. scored a touchdown. Just one, right? One. It's yeah, just, no, two. Last week. Was it two? Last oh, week. he didn't score another yeah. again last week? Oh, damn. He, he didn't because he had that 75-yard run and then got pulled at the goal line. That's right, yeah. But don't worry. He started 145 rushing yards in that game. So you're fine. You know, you're good. You didn't need to get the touchdowns. Um, yeah. He's insane. He's a number one 
running back in fantasy football. He's the number three player overall, which means he's like normally quarterbacks score the most points in fantasy football. But he's at third, like he's behind one and two, which I believe one and two is Tyreek Hill, if I'm correct. No way. Has one. Oh, um, wow. Or at least up there, you know. Yeah, I will. I will vet that as we go. But he's my Christmas turkey or ham, whatever you have at your family's. I could Christmas dig that because he's the entree. He, he's got enough to fill everybody at the table. And if you had Christian McCaffrey on your team, you're the host. You're you're everybody else is just there, and you are providing. <laughs> I like that, man. I like that a lot. Um, my next one, <clears throat> I just I gotta have to give credit where it's due. Christian McCaffrey is unbelievable. I was looking at his game log. And he has as many games outside of the top 12 as Josh Allen, but they're all RB15. And he has scored, what, I believe 17 touchdowns this year. That's just like, that's just like, come on, man. Um, The only player off the top of my head who scored more touchdowns than Christian McCaffrey, who is a non-quarterback, is my next pick. And I'm going to go with, I'm going to switch it up. I'm, I, I, we, we agreed upon food and beverages, and I do think that will be the, my last pick. But we talked about being like legendary for Christmas music. And I said that Andy Williams is the guy to me who is the legendary Christmas music artist. Holiday season, happy holidays, the classics, the old hits, right? Like, you know, that's the stuff that our grandparents were, you know, twirling their fingers to when they were drinking their highballs in the, 40s you know um that being said talk about old people twiddling their fingers i'm talking about the colonel raheem mostert zach 18 touchdowns this year i believe he's the rb2 on the year behind only mccaffrey and we're looking at finishes of 17 3 2 45 bad game against buffalo they do that to people just kidding 10 1 34, 19, 13, 22, 5, 16, 4, consistent. Not a ton of games outside of the top 24, a couple, not a ton. But when he's on, he's on 30 points, 43 points, 36 points, 22 points, 24 points. Raheem Mostert is to fantasy football this season what Andy Williams is to Christmas music. He is. Could you imagine trading him away? early in the season because you felt like it wasn't going to continue like Hello, after his huge boons and like these crazy games and being like no he can't keep this I'm up I'm going to capitalize on this you know what it's it's a good it's a nice little n- knife twist there I appreciate it I did get some flack in my league like uh, the guy who got him ended up being first place go figure and he commented thanks Kev <laughs> and um, you know what I will say <clears throat> for the record the second and the third I acquired from Raheem Mostert, I used to go out and get Aaron Jones and DeAndre Hopkins, who... Yeah, does that feel good right now? Um, You know, I think it will next year when DeAndre Hopkins is still a viable fantasy player. I, Raheem Mostert is great, but I think he's Andy Williams. I, I, you know, I think the clock's ticking on his on his years, but I, I, lo- I loved watching him just continue to dominate this year he's you you'll watch a dolphins game and you'll see somebody make a big run and you're like that's probably a chan and then you'll see him turn around and you'll see 31 you're like my goodness like mostert still has it he still has that juice man he's he's a special player 
He really does, and he fits that that dolphin scheme like so, so, so yep. perfectly. Eighteen that, touchdowns. Yeah, eighteen touchdowns is crazy, and I mean the health of um, Devon A. Chain obviously has something to do with it, right? Right. But that's the game, man. That's how it goes. You right. can't can't always count people out for that. Yeah. Well, my next comparison is a little with the food drink side. Um, and I think Adam Thielen of the Carolina Panthers is eggnog. Mm. Delicious. Every year, you always want to have a glass, at least one, you know, because it's almost like tradition. And it you get that first sip and you get like the nutmeg, the creaminess, and it's really good. And then like five sips in, you're like, I don't really want the rest of this. And my tummy kind of hurts. That's real, bro. That's real. And that's what Adam Thielen is. You started the season with 16, two points first week, but then 16 points, 26, 11, 22, 23, 11. Man hadn't scored less than 10 points in six straight games. And then your tummy hurts, man. Then you, you start to finish the glass and you're like, Ooh, you're back down to five targets, three, six, seven in the last three works. Hasn't got more than 10 fantasy points in the last couple weeks. You're starting him because you, you had the first couple weeks and you're like, oh, never forget that. It's a class, a Christmas classic. I got to drink my eggnog. But let's be real. No one wants to finish their glass of eggnog. You get the first half in and then you're like, kind of sucks enough. it kind of sucks for me i don't really want any more and that's adam thielen unfortunately this year because he burns so bright at the beginning but man does he make your tummy hurt at the end oh dude and talk about a uh, old guy i wish i traded in that same league i feel you man that's that's real man um eggnog's weird for me because like i i used to like eggnog more when i drank but now that i'm sober i kind of am like ooh, there's really no redeeming qualities to this and i bought i recently bought like an eggnog cold brew because it was like oh like you said holidays eggnog da, da, da. and i think i think we will make that mistake as people until the end of time i think that that time will wash away yeah all of the sins of eggnog until you're like oh eggnog's not that bad and then you drink it and you're like it is kind of it's, no, I'm gonna it's drink it every year i can't lie to you i will get it every year and <laughs> i want to have three sips of eggnog once a year like yeah. that's it that's, that's that. enough but if i go without it like if i went an entire holiday season and i was like man i didn't have my three sips of eggnog i'll be disappointed yeah so i'm gonna do it again next year but i don't i don't want more i think that might be how i need to start treating uh candy corn as well i think candy corn has the same play like give me like a, one you know those little halloween packs that are like they look look like the little packets of gummies but they're just candy corns you know what i'm thinking of like the little tiny ones, they're like they have maybe have like five candy corn in them. I need to start I buying those. So. I bought a Just bulk a bag this year because I was like, oh, I like candy corn. I think candy corn's good. I don't. I'm not one of those people who thinks it sucks. And I ate probably like 15 candy corn. And I was like, I've had my fill. I don't need candy corn anymore. So I think we need to start doing that with eggnog. They need to start serving like pre-portioned like like at the lunch table those little tiny uh, milks. Like we need oh, one little, of those little baby ones. Little yeah, baby 100%. baby carton of uh, of nog. Great pick. Great pick. Yeah, I, I think we're we're knocking this one out of the park, sir. Um, you know, my last one, I, I have a hot take, and it might actually be a hot take. I, this is one of those ones I don't think I really know what the consensus is on this thing is, but um, I'm going to compare 
Broncos wide receiver Cortland Sutton, who has had an unbelievably consistent year. 10 touchdowns spread across each of those 10 games. He has a touchdown in 10 games. He has 10 touchdowns. He has fantasy finishes ranging from wide receiver 82 all the way up to wide receiver 8. But more consistently, you know, most weeks he's in the 14 to 26 range. Cortland Sutton to me is peppermint candy because I think peppermint candy is all reliable. And I think you get your hands on a candy cane, you're going to suck that puppy down. You're going to turn it into a spear. You're going to suck it until it's a spear. Um, and personally for me, I do like the fruit ones almost probably more than the mint ones because they're more versatile. Um, but the mint ones are classic, uh, not unlike eggnog. You do want one a year, but there's just a ceiling on how good it can be. It's not a Reese's peanut butter cup. It's not hot chocolate. It's a good, solid middling holiday treat. It is the most iconic and I'll give Cortland Sutton this touchdown streak that he's on with Russ is pretty iconic, but it's not at all the best, and it's not at all the worst. Um, so I think Cortland Sutton to me is peppermint candy. I like it. I like it. He's had a resurgent year this year. I don't think people expected him to be good. He was kind of left for dead. Yeah. I think I did a dynasty startup, and I got him in like the 15th round or something because it was just like, you know, everybody thought it was going to be Jerry Judy, and it has not been Jerry Judy. It's been Sutton, and he's made some some crazy catches this he's, year. I think he's a really good receiver. <laughs> two, yeah. of the, two of the craziest catches we've seen all year both came from Court and Sutton last week with the little one-handed, like Randy Moss-esque mm-hmm. 50-yard bomb. Falling and down. The, the other, again, I believe, one-handed toe-touch, like barely inbounds. That was against um, Buffalo. It was a beautiful, beautiful catch. Yeah, best yeah. catch of the year. I think that's easy catch of the year on that yeah. one. Um, yeah. yeah, man, he, he was left for dead. And I think that's the only part of the comparison that I think you miss out on is that he really was left for dead. Like no yeah. one wanted him coming into the year, but he's been nothing but consistent. And every week everybody's like, okay, he can't do it again. He does it again. He yeah. does it again. He gets another yeah. touchdown. The streak is crazy. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I'm in for it. How are you on peppermint candy? What's your take on peppermint candy? I don't like peppermint candy. Okay. Um, I'm not a peppermint fan in general. So like that's not great. But I don't I'll get a like a peppermint hot chocolate once a year. I'll dabble a little yeah. bit, but in general I prefer the fruit candy canes or those are like good. anything along those lines. Yeah. yeah. I like I think those. It's just like after a little bit the peppermint I just get old like it gets old quick yeah. for me. Yeah. I just like the 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 first like if I could like lick a peppermint candy cane and then just be like, All right, I'm done. <laughs> Like that's enough. That's you, all I you, want. That's you enough. and your holiday flavors, man. You're you're uh, you're not a, an, an abundance kind of guy. I'm not an abundance kind of guy, <laughs> especially funny. when it comes to sweets. I just don't. One lick don't and know. you're good. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I don't need any more than that. That's funny. Well, my very last player comparison is um, this is going to be a, a deeper cut and specific to my family. So I hope they don't take offense to this. But um, AJ Dillon is the vegetarian turkey substitution it's like i have a vegetarian family so my sister's a vegetarian my aunt my uncle is now a vegetarian too so when we have christmas or thanksgiving or whatever the holiday thing we're doing there's something called tofurkey and it's like a log oh i've heard of, of that and and you know what it's not bad like i i'm not gonna say like it's 
it's bad. Um, cause if it was there and it was the only thing there, I'd eat it. You know, I, I would still have some and my family makes it pretty good, but compared to the real thing that's the, the, the Aaron Jones that's sitting over there, <laughs> right? that you've had before, you know, you're like, Oh, a nice piece of like Christmas ham or Turkey. And then you move over to AJ Dillon and you have the tofurkey and you're like, this isn't as good, man. Like, this is I'm really good on this. Isn't, it doesn't fill you up, and that's AJ Dillon because we we saw him have a monster snow game a couple years back, where it's like oh, 125 yards, legend. two touchdowns. We're like, it's the heir apparent. AJ Jones, yeah. AJ Jones, um, Aaron Jones is is moving on, you know. And they and then they re-signed him, and they were like, okay, I get that, but after two years, it's going to be AJ Dillon. Like, be careful. He's like an RB one waiting. And you know who's not played most of this entire year? Aaron Jones. I know. You know what A.J. Dillon's done for that? Can you tell me how many RB1 finishes he's had this year? My guess would be like one, but I don't even know if that. No, zero. Oh, wow. His highest was RB13 in week uh, five. Which give it to, to him. 13.6 points. That was his RB close to RB1 finish. Um, other than that, in games, he's received more than 68% or more than 60% of snaps, which I'm counting as weeks Aaron Jones is not doing anything. We have RB33, RB68, RB23, RB25, RB24, RB28. So That's a couple, Aaron Jones couple twos sprinkled, not at all. A couple twos no. sprinkled in there. So, so you don't hate the tofurkey, but you don't like it. Yeah, I don't. I'm not reaching for it. You're not reaching it's, for it. It's going to come around. I think we need to be aware that when Aaron Jones is no longer a part of the equation, that may not mean AJ Dillon is the new thing. Yeah, he may not be the big guy in Green Bay that we wanted him to. He be. is the big guy, but he's not the big guy. You feel? Yeah, they. He may not be the answer that yeah. we that we thought he was. The hype train. Yeah, of AJ Dillon may not come to fruition. Is it because he's a bad scheme fit? It could be. He's he's a downhill runner in a in a zone West Coast offense. That yeah, needs Jones like quickness just fits and that offense, dude. He, he really does. He does. fits it perfectly. The fact that we haven't had him all year is, is oh, a bummer. And when we've had him, he's been great. And it's just a question of like, he may not fit there. He may not be as good as we want him to be, and. It's a bummer because I really liked him. I really wanted to be on the AJ yeah. Dillon I remember. Hype train. Yeah. And if he was in a different offense, maybe I would. But in this offense, he's Tofurky. He's not. He's not the real deal. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Uh, he's got one more year left on his rookie contract, right after this year. This was his third I season. Believe so, but I'll check. I'll vet so that let's see what happens. He's probably going to be in Green Bay for one more year, and maybe without Aaron Jones after this year. I think you've been a big proponent that they'll move on from Aaron Jones after this year um with some restructure he, he did some restructuring that might have made like lessened the 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 blow if he a, they, uh they moved on from him aj Dillon is a free agent after this year yeah then then you might get your wish you might get to see him in a different offense and maybe tofurkey like in a rap or something or like you know maybe it tastes better but we know we know what the the difference between the holiday ham and the and the tofurkey is when we're at the table for sure you do. You know the difference, and it's unfortunate that we're not getting that. 
Yeah, tofu um, in general just scares me. I, I don't like the texture. It's too gelatinous. Oh, I love tofu. Can't love do the gel- can't do the gelatin meat. You have to make it right. Tofu doesn't have taste by itself. It needs to be flavored with other things, and and American food doesn't do that very well. But man, there's some great tofu dishes out there. I think I might have had some tofu that I liked in a ramen. Maybe is that does that sound like a thing? In what? In a ramen, like a I believe it was like yeah, a Japanese. Probably. Yeah, like a oh, like um. Like a miso soup. Yes, 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 yes. It was in like a soup. It was good. So good. I didn't even know it was tofu. I was like, what are these little, little, what are these little cubes? Yeah, because it's good in like other dishes. And you know what? It's really, really good in its smoothies because you don't even notice it. You know, you put tofu in there. I know. I hear you, but it's a really good source of protein and it makes the smoothie like silky and creamy. Like if you've never had tofu in a smoothie, you haven't had the smoothest smoothie you've ever had. That's fascinating. I'm going to have to look into it. I'm going to have to do some field research there. That's that's an you interesting even taste. It. You know, you throw some strawberries and whatever you want in there and then like a nice cube of tofu. And it's like it's like adding yogurt to your smoothie, but an extra silkiness. And it just makes it smooth. Interesting. And like yeah. Really good. Yeah. Gonna have to do some research there. I, that's interesting. Well, let's let's wrap up here. We got a couple minutes left, um, so we're yeah. gonna touch on some other pro sports pro sports news. Uh, we had some NBA conversations earlier today, so I think we can kind of move that to the side. Um, but we're in Los Angeles. Big news out here. Shohei Otani signed to the Dodgers, ten-year, seven hundred million dollar contract. Um, massive biggest it's almost double the second biggest contract in mlb history which was mike trout and that was a 12 year i think 482 million dollar oh contract goodness. so ten, two less years um almost 300 million more dollars shohei otani is two players so i think it yeah. makes sense in that in that aspect you're playing you're paying for two mvp caliber players at different positions you have a pitcher and one of the best home run hitters in the MLB. Um, the fact that he came to the Dodgers is crazy. The rich get richer. And his contract I'm excited. is fascinating. Um, this is the, this is the part. Yeah, I, but, we need to figure this out. We need to break this down. So the MLB is really interesting in terms of contract. They don't have a salary cap mm-hmm. per se the way the nfl does um it's more of like you make enough money you can spend enough money which is why like the dodgers the red sox the yankees are always the biggest teams and like you have biggest markets, garbage teams like, that sit there, like the pirates that are they're never going to do what the other teams can um they have a wealth management issue in the mlb i've always thought that and it's yeah. making the it's hurting the sport i think it takes away some of the competitive integrity for sure yeah, definitely. And then teams that have high draft picks that get good players can't afford to keep them, so then they lose the good players, so on and so forth. Um, but Otani's contract, details came out. Apparently, he wanted it as well. This was not a Dodgers thing. This was an Otani thing. I get the logic in both aspects of it, but for 10 years, he's paid $20 million, so $2 million a year. That gives the Dodgers room to sign other players gives them room to be an even bigger contender than they already are kershaw Betts, otani insane lineup and they can sign other people so in in an nfo contract that's like if patrick mahomes's contract was two million a year and they were like great now we can sign all of the best free agents too because our biggest player isn't costing us anything yeah i i think my my thoughts are like you're right there's no cap in baseball 
So for that nine years, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I guess maybe the owner saves money. But my question is, Zach, is the, and I know you probably aren't, you know, intimate with his this specific contract, but I wonder, do you think there's like a guaranteed money added per year played on the contract that comes if the contract is voided or he's released? Like, let's say the contract is voided or he's or he's released in the seventh year and they get 14, they get off with having Otani for seven years and they pay him 14 mil. Like that would never happen. Right. The guarantees no, would kick in or it's fully guaranteed. So his contract is, it's, it's a little different than NFL where it's like 20% is guaranteed. Uh, his, his full contract is guaranteed. So regardless of what happens, he's making okay that money. Good regardless he's almost um, going to be a billionaire off playing baseball that's sick yeah and and it's all deferred um so there are a couple benefits to that for him as well because he pays taxes both in japan and america um mm. so he is not paying nearly as much per year i don't know how that average is out at the end but 680 million of it is deferred to the end of his contract so basically what he's saying is I can make enough money off of two million a year from the Dodgers and all of the crazy endorsements he's going to get from the LA area and the other right. endorsements from all yeah. of his stuff. That's he's his own career. Money. Yeah, that's its own he's career. Not, he's not. He's hurting good. for money here. Right. And then he's going to finish ten years, probably think about retirement and go, okay, now let me cash my six hundred and eighty million dollar check and be set for the rest of my entire life. And let me give room to play October baseball. Let me get some room to actually play meaningful baseball. Give me some people on this team that can help us win a World Series. Yeah. And I'm only going to charge you $2 million a year. Yeah, because the Angels were, were, you know, they weren't doing enough for having one of the best players ever. And a lot of the people two, that I've... Two yeah. of the best players ever. Yeah. And the Angels couldn't win baseball games. A, a lot of what I was... Put yeah, a lot of what I was hearing about, like, the Otani stuff was that he was basically, like, if... Mahomes or Allen or Burrow also was like Micah Parsons in the same player. Yeah. That's yeah, it is, it is 100% what it is because he is the last person in baseball history to ever do something even similar to Otani was Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth, um, there, of, of players that have hit, it was players that have won more than 10 games while having like pitching strikeouts and hitting home runs. Babe Ruth was the previous best, and I believe his best season was a 10 home run season. I, I'll have to recheck the stats, but it was like it was like 10 home runs, and he had a bunch of strikeouts that he pitched. Otani, in the same thing, game when you've won more than 10 games of a season, hit 36 home runs. Like, yeah, he's a freak. He's a freak. It'd be fun him. to see how his career shakes out because he's still pretty young, right? Yeah, he's decently young. He started out playing. Um, in Japan, actually, and played for the Japan team, like the Japan version of the MLB. And actually, when he came over to America, no one really wanted him, thought he was going to be kind of as good as he was. Um, and he played lower baseball for a while for the Angels. And then they were like, all right, let's bring this kid up. And he's just done it ever since. And that's awesome. I love to see it. Insane. I love to see the story, man. He's a, he's a true success story. He's a true legend of the sport. Um, I have a cup in my house. I have a souvenir Otani cup. Um, I've been to two Angels games. Unfortunately, he had bad games. Both games I've been to. So, um, 
Yeah, what if I was like, you know, I test. I watched him play, Zach, and he was 0 for 7 in the two games that I went to. Not that good. Yeah, he's overrated. No, um, I am super excited for the sport of baseball. Maybe as a sports podcast, maybe some intrigue in the sport will pull our focus the same way the NBA has. And maybe we'll, we'll become even more well-rounded sports fans, Zach. It's going to be a question. I mean, we live in L.A., so we'll be surrounded by all of it. Dodgers tickets are going to be incredibly expensive now you will not be able to go to a doctor's game yeah um, which is a bummer yeah uh and i think they might make all 680 million off of his jersey sales so you know the Dodgers yeah. are going to be just fine be i know good. people were like some of the questions around it people have been like oh what are the dodgers going to do in 10 years then when they have to pay 680 million dollars like the Dodgers are going to be fine what <laughs> Like yeah, yeah they're, they're sitting here now and they're gonna be like, you know what? Let me just uh, we're saving six hundred eighty million. They're probably gonna win a World Series or two Hopefully. in that time. Yeah. Congrats, you've made your six hundred eighty million dollars back. You you've yeah. paid for Otani in jersey sales and one World Series. That's they're all just you have to really do. kicking a can down the road though. It's like the most that is like the most extreme deference I've ever seen. Not just in sports, maybe in history. Second, second most extreme deference in history. The first is with the pets the pittsburgh penguins um the hockey team and let me let what me was it max this. crosby no or not max crosby sydney crosby um mario no, lemieux sydney crosby is still playing mario lemieux they actually um his contract i don't remember the exact details so i'll go in like vague but they, they basically did a similar thing where they were like, hey, we're going to pay you so-and-so, and, but a lot of it's going to be deferred for when you're done. And then they deferred to when he was done, and they were like, yeah, we can't pay you. Sorry. Like, we don't have that enough. So happen. he actually got ownership of the team. Like, instead of getting the deferred payment, took like a majority, like a, a large stake ownership of the team. Um and still has minority ownership in the oh, team as sick. well because they literally were like, yeah, we don't have enough money we'll to give pay you, what you we can. After all this deferment. And he was like, fine, give me the team then. Like, you can't wow. pay me. I now own part of the team that I played for. And he still does own part of it. Not the same amount that he did at the time. But yeah, that was the craziest deferment because he was just like, fine, you can't pay me. Give me give me the team. Like, I will now own the, the team that I just Good for, for him because he probably could have just sued them into all hell. Good for I mean, him. He for, basically did. He basically was like, "I'm taking what you." Well, want I mean, me. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's fair, but I think we can wind down, man. Yeah, man, an unbelievable, unbelievable evening in the coffee at morning, really in the coffee shop. But um, you know, who knows when our list, our wonderful listeners are listening to this. I want to give special shout outs to Jersey Tom, who never misses an episode. Um, all my awesome uh homies at black angus um all my awesome homies uh, in the fantasy leagues that i'm in i appreciate everybody who checks out our our work um it means a lot to us make sure you're subscribed to the youtube like and comment on the socials it, it really goes such a long way guys we can't thank you enough appreciate all the support and we'll see you all next week